0: It's us. Yep. It's the two, just the two of us. Here mm-hmm. in the intro every time. Just the well, two of us.
1: Very cool song. Jenny and
0: I. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yes, as usual, before we talk at length about this episode of The X-Files, we are going to tell you some things. The first thing that we're going to tell you, my beautiful friends, is uh, what... Pray tell are the results of last episode's sexual attention awards. Don't even worry about it. I got you. In fourth place. <laughs> and it belongs there with 7% of the vote. A questionably high 7% of the vote. It's the spaceworm and a body with no other spaceworms
0: in it. This is what Avante wanted to win. It's probably just Avanthi like logging in from every account to vote for the space <laughs> <Yeah>. worms. <laughs>
1: Oh, sorry, Space Worm. With an equally disappointing to me, only 17% of the vote, the third place slot is filled by the noms me, Jenny, and all the sweaters and Henleys in season one, episode
0: eight. 17% is a pretty good showing considering the other
1: two slots. I see the virtue of the other two slots I'm about to detail for you. One is uh, the second place slot with 22%. The vote. Special agents Fox Mulder and Dana Scully. You've heard of them. You know them. You love them. They have a lot going on in the episode Ice. And in first place, with fifty-four percent of the vote, it's uh, two doctors. No waiting. It's doctors Dana Scully and Nancy De Silva. Congrats, ladies. So happy for you.
0: Yes, good work. Someone in the Patreon commented, I can't believe the mothership isn't winning. And somebody else was like, they have so many opportunities to win. How many chances do we get to vote for Dr. Dana Scully and Nancy (laughs) DeSilva? True, true.
1: Let the ladies shine while they can. Touche.
0: Yes, a couple other quick things uh, while we whip up a trophy for Dana and Nancy. Producer Latoya Ferguson uh, wanted to add that after listening to this episode that you're about to listen to, she realized for the first time that the lieutenant astronaut man, his full name... is <laughs> colonel. Colonel, yeah. Lieutenant colonel to colonel. His full name was Marcus Aurelius Belt. Um, And she said that Marcus Aurelius is a Roman emperor who wrote a book called Meditations, all about philosophy and spirituality, which she says, I assume is part of the reason for his name... Because Space Ghost. And also, I'm <laughs> guessing that the name was a riff on James Tiberius Kirk. Wow.
1: Yeah. A friend of mine who writes for television was telling me, I was like talking to her about a show that she's currently working on and like asking where the name for a particular character came from and she was like i don't know i think they were just like thinking about this like particular actor so they made like this character's like name very similar to that actor's name they were just like whatever just <laughs> so, not
0: caring yeah. writers
1: are riffing out there <laughs> well right now they're picketing but yes. hopefully uh they will resolve yeah. their issues so they're liking get... and then get back to
0: riffing yes. soon please give writers what they deserve so that they can riff god damn it that's right <laughs> Uh, And lastly, we are simply a few days away. Jenny, I'm about to get off this recording and get in a car and drive to Maine because we are going to be doing a live. It's our first episodic live recording of the EX files. We're recording a little episode named Eve. That's right.
1: It's a really good one. Is it the best one uh, of the show up to this point? I mean, we just had ice, which was the best episode up to that point. Mm. Eve is like right up there oh, with you ice. put an ice against and, Eve and squeeze.
0: squeeze. So all, <laughs> of the, all of the single word titled episodes really take the cake. That's right. Uh, special surprise for you all if you're joining us in the live stream, you're going to get to see a very special conversation that we had with uh, somebody named Max Collins, who's the lead singer of this band, Eve Six. Heard of them?
1: And how could this band be related to the episode Eve? Well, I can't wait to find out. I can't
0: wait to find out either. Until then, you know, I'll be you know. swallowing my pride, choking on the rinds, and doing all other sorts of things. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you can... Don't mess
1: with Kristen when she starts talking about swallowing the rinds. No, you do not want to get in the
0: middle of that. Don't fucking mess with me. My teenage, my like teenage lion self will just come roaring right at you. Please join us. Um, bufferingcast.com slash stream. You can get tickets. You can join us in the aft at the after party. We're gonna be talking about uh, for the first time what we're doing for the 30th anniversary of the show. <gasps> We've got a t-shirt only available, a t-shirt and a crop top only available in the stream. It says Mrs. Spooky Mulder. We're not that's right. We're not fucking around, you guys. Um that's no, no. this Saturday, June 10th. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, and it'll be on demand until the 17th of June. So join us there. And um, now I guess it's time to talk about a ghost or an alien or an alien ghost. Nobody knows. <laughs> hey, Scully, we send those men up into space to unlock the doors of the universe, and we don't even know what's behind them. I think whatever it was, he took it with him. And in the end, that was the only way he knew how to stop it.
1: That's the EX-Files, a buffering rewatch adventure where we are watching and discussing every episode of the X-Files one by one, spoiler free. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, ex-wife of
0: Kristen Russo, and I grew up watching
1: the X-Files.
0: And I'm Kristen Russo, ex-wife of Jenny Owen Youngs, and I have only ever seen nine episodes of the X-Files. Today, we are talking about what is known, I think, as the best episode of the (laughs) X-Files season (laughs) one. Episode Nine: Space.
1: Space was written by Chris Carter, directed by William A. Graham, and originally aired on November twelfth, nineteen ninety-three. According just to ten days before I turned twelve. Oh,
0: oh, <laughs> tiny Jenny! I know, and there I was at home, nearly tw- nearly twelve, watching this episode. Wow, I was uh, just around the bend from thirteen myself. A big, a big year for Kristen Russo. Hmm. This is the one where, according to IMDb, when a space shuttle mission is sabotaged, Mulder suspects it may be the work of an alien spirit that inhabits the body of a former Gemini astronaut. That is not true. He does not (laughs) suspect that. He doesn't know. He doesn't know (laughs) that. But okay, we'll talk about it. (laughs) And Latoya
1: Ferguson, producer. Latoya Ferguson, if you please, give this episode a scary rating of one out of five sculpted human faces. Somehow, this is like <laughs> an episode—maybe the only episode that Latoya has seen before. How? How? What a horrible what prank, one... Sinatra
0: out there! Yeah, showed this episode to Latoya. <laughs> Truly, I mean. Listen, this is not a good episode of television. I'm so sorry to say it, folks, but like, we know The X Files is a great show. Imagine that this, imagine you were like, wow, The X Files, everyone talks about it. It's so good. And this was the episode you saw. Woo. Yeah. Uh, funny up. It's uh, I mean, I guess, funny up. I guess we can start with our broad thoughts. Uh, Latoya did ask us. She said, "This is considered the worst episode of the season." Little Jenny and Kristen, do you consider this the worst you've seen so far? Clearly, I've made, I've already answered that uh, for def- for sure by leaps and bounds. This is simply not a. It's oh a yeah, hilarious. this is the worst
1: episode, <laughs> yeah, so far. <laughs> and uh, based on my very recent rewatch of season one, preparing for this season, mm-hmm. uh, it's the worst episode of season one. I think.
0: A lot of times it's the worst episodes of television that give us our best podcast, so here's hoping, you know? I, yeah. <laughs> Let I, it be so. I mean, it's just, it's just so silly. Uh, it's just so silly nearly at every turn and apart from letting us know how much Mulder fanboy's out for astronauts, I'm not sure, like, Cute. what else it really serves us, you know? I just,
1: I'm very confused. It's like... Okay, the show asks us to suspend our disbelief or to consider the possibilities or asks us if we want to believe or whatever, but I feel like, I feel like you have to, like, choose. You have to, like, pick your lane. Mm -hmm. Aliens Mm -hmm. or ghosts? The ghost (laughs) of an alien?
0: I don't know. It feels like... (laughs) Too many things. I mean, but to be fair, you know, I mean, if we have ghosts that are human ghosts, aliens deserve to have ghosts, too. But it is a lot. We're only in episode nine and this episode was beat was in production. I, I feel like a lot of LaToya's notes were like, yeah, everyone said like, oh, this episode was real rough because it was the premiere. Like everyone was dealing with the premiere of the show. The show was premiering mm. at around the time that this episode was was made. I, I just, I don't, I don't know about all that, but uh, I just... <laughs> I just feel like it's only nine episodes in, maybe we should pick a lane for now, you know? Maybe season four, season five, you can start to blend your uh, your demons, aliens, ghosts, and otherwise, but not yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Also, it's. Mm. I'm sorry. Well, I'll wait till I'll wait till we get there. But what happens to this man's face? I'm so confused about what <laughs> happens in this episode and what is... I, whatever, we'll get there. It's oh yeah.
1: It's not just the ghost of an alien, but it also morphs. Is Mount Face on Mars? <laughs> it's the sculpted. It's like a sculpted. It's human like face. did it make that sculpt? Sure. Did, did it sculpt yeah, did its it, own face? Did, did it sculpt its likeness into the topography of Mars? Is
0: that is that what this ghost got up to? Was and it so? Did we how? see or or did, were we see? Was it laying down? Was it just taking a nice little sun for itself, tanning itself on Mars? And that was the image that the uh, telescope captured. We saw its actual face, or right? Did it create a monument to itself? Um, and make- well, I gotta
1: say, if the if. It was big enough for the telescope to pick up. Like, that's pretty... <laughs> Probably pretty big. <laughs> pretty large uh, geographic feature. Uh,
0: this is this is a real fact, by the way, that there was a, a sculpted face-type thing that was photographed in... They say 1977, that the episode starts with this news broadcast. But everything I read said 1976. Um NASA's first uh, photographic evidence of Mars, revealing the presence of large amounts of water. Cool, cool, cool. And there was an image of a land formation that looked uh, a bit like a face, and everyone was like, it's the trick of the light. So this was like pulled from that concept. Uh, and I, you know, take it into an incredibly creative, uh, nuanced, artistic episode of television. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Um... <laughs> uh when you rip
1: things from the headlines mm-hmm.
0: and just slap them on a else. colonel's face you know right from the headline oh, yeah. to the colonel's face okay yo this colonel colonel belt he's a colonel
1: right I, do I have that right okay so in 1977 he is um Kristen, let me tell you lieutenant colonel marcus aurelius belt wow this name took took up like half the budget also it's It's... just what
0: you got lug this whole name around sir like he must be descended from space explorers because his name is literally sounds like Orion's belt it's just like Aurelius's belt you know what I mean
1: yeah yeah (laughs) Also, later they just call him Colonel Belt in present. Is is Lieutenant Colonel a thing that you are before you ascend to, to Coloneldom?
0: Yeah, and then once you graduate from Coloneldom, you're actually Colonel Colonel. So you it's a Lieutenant Colonel. And then when do you become Popcorn? <laughs> wow, I wish Rishi was here. He would have fucking loved that. <laughs> um, this dude though, uh, Colonel Belt is. Played by Ed Lauder? Is that how we say this actor's name? He's in everything. But I intimately knew him. I was like, I know this man. And I sat on my couch, Jenny, and I said, I know this man. And I know this man because he played Sarah Jessica Parker's father in a movie called Girls Just Want to Have Fun in 1985. Because I, Kristen Russo, have watched Girls Just Want to Have Fun approximately 412 times. And so, oh. and he was a lieutenant or an army officer. He was a, you know, he. I think I'm sure that this man plays a lot of parts where he's saying "Oh, 0700. Uh, but, yep, <laughs> yep but I I immediately knew him from that because I had seen him so many times. So if you want to, if you have not seen the movie girls just want to have fun, Jenny, I imagine that you were not able to sustain a relationship with me for nearly a decade without seeing that film. I've never seen it.
1: (gasps) I don't know what happens when girls just want to have fun. I don't know if they (sighs) have the fun. I don't know if they go on a hero's journey that's, aimed towards the fun but then the real fun Mm -hmm. is the friends that they made along the way is the sexual tension between the
0: girls and the fun Uh, the Okay, just just A, everyone should watch the movie. Girls just want to have fun. B, it is 1985. It is starring Helen Hunt and Sarah Jessica Parker with a perhaps 12-year-old, Shannon Doherty. She's very, very small. And it is centered around Sarah Jessica Parker's need and love for dancing. And, Jenny, a dance competition comes to the city of Chicago Um, and as you might imagine, Sarah Jessica Parker's father, he's an army man. He's very strict. He doesn't want her to dance, uh, but Helen Hunt, she's a wild girl. She's a wild girl. She's going to get our Sarah Jessica Parker to this dance competition, Jenny, and it's going to be fun. So, you know, does this predate Footloose or does it follow Footloose? And what was
1: America's relationship with dancing
0: in the eighties? Oh, so this is right after Footloose. Footloose is eighty four. Girls just want to have fun. Eighty five. So this is probably Footloose. Probably did fucking great, and they were like, Footloose for women. Movies, yeah. (laughs) Footloose for her. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, thank you for letting me talk to you about one of my all time favorite movies. Girls just want to have fun. Uh, That is anytime. That's where I know this guy from, and he's in. I mean, Jesus Christ! I scrolled down his IMDb and was like, I, I could. I could read this forever. It's like a mile long. He's in everything.
1: yeah, yeah. Kristen, oh, Kristen, you might be wondering, how did this episode happen? <laughs> why? This, why? <laughs> Aside from the from uh, Chris Carter getting stoked when he read about the face on Mars, uh, this episode was also conceived as a low budget bottle episode due to several earlier episodes in the season having exceeded their budgets. Although the episode made use of a significant amount of inexpensive stock footage from NASA, the construction of the mission control set was subject to cost overruns, eventually leading the episode to become the most expensive of the first season. This episode is where they spent
0: the most money in season one. Oh, my God. That's only because they didn't buy that tiny latex suit for the worm last week. You know what I mean? (laughs) For the snake. (laughs) Um... Okay, also, we got, like, not in trouble, but I saw somebody on Twitter was like, did you call Ice a bottle episode because you want to be part of the argument over what a bottle episode is? Ice is not a bottle episode. No. It's shot over multiple locations. Uh, we don't want to be a part of it, actually. No, thank you. We're, we
1: we we <laughs> respectfully <laughs> uh, decline remove
0: ourselves from the group chat <laughs> about what's a bottle episode. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, Ed, when he is only a wee lieutenant, uh, says it's a trick of light and shadows, but he knows it's not a trick of light and shadows, Jenny. He knows. We see. He goes to his house? Question mark. If it's such a trick of light and shadows, why does he go home and look at a pic of <laughs>
1: Mount Face right before he goes to sleep?
0: But it's unclear whether he has dreams of memories or t- visions is he remembering is it a dream is it a vision it's very unclear cuz he's is a- it a dream is it a vision is it an alien is it a ghost <laughs> but we get this vision dream um of his from the past flash this, memory this is when he was a, on a, on the gemini is that right he was a gemini he's on a gemini i don't know he's this is when he <laughs> was in space and we see his little space body. It could be George Clooney in there. It could be Colonel Belt. It could be anybody, really. Uh, we see the little alien body floating around, and we hear this. There's something out here. Can you repeat that, Commander Belt? It's coming at me. Holy God! Well, shit. And then he's got this popcorn ceiling. and the- Yeah, he wakes up <laughs> and looks in horror at his cottage
1: cheese ceiling. <laughs> and the face... Appears in the texture of the ceiling and then zooms at him most spookily. Jenny, what the fuck is
0: happening? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Don't... Can we just talk for no. a second? Are we, did Colonel Belt go to space mm-hmm. and he got possessed by the Mars alien ghost? See? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, yep. Then, and he... then he
1: brought it back to Earth with him. And then was it sabotaging?
0: spacecraft? Was the ghosty? does the space ghostie have hot fingers? He's got hot fingers. He goes in there and he's like, beep, boop, boop. But then he broke <laughs> some shit and Colonel Belt was like, don't want to tell them about my Mars ghosty." so we'll just launch a bunch of rockets and never fix this part of the ship. Then does the ghost leave his body, travel all the way up to the rocket, bang on it a couple of times, and then flow back into the colonel's body all the way back? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Kristen, I think
1: you're asking the wrong questions. <laughs> Just... I think you're asking questions that can't be answered. But This is
0: not a visual medium, but my fists are balled up. I am, I am worked up into a frenzy right now about what is possibly the story that is being told. <laughs> and I think that's more than fair. It
1: doesn't feel like it makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah.
0: Um. Houston, mission control. Yeah. Houston, we will literally have a problem at least three times. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> the titular Houston. <laughs> it's like Chekhov's Houston. You know what I mean? Mm uh-huh. hmm. <sighs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um clearly uh, the challenger is referenced at the uh, like literally is used in the episode later but before I had even gotten there I was looking up um I wanted to remember when the challenger happened that was a pretty formative thing for us as kids uh the challenger um disintegrated uh on takeoff in 1986 you were five I was six four and mm-hmm. five you were four and I was five we were small so we don't have like too big of a memory of probably the actual thing happening do you mm but it was like very much like my elementary school and my middle school all had like you know plaques with like the memorial for all of the astronauts like it was just very very big in conversation it was the first uh fatal accident involving an American spacecraft while in flight so Um, clearly it's, it's talked about specifically here, but it's also part of the, what do you call it? The zeitgeist. It's 86. This is 93. It's, you know, we're talking about things like space shuttles a lot, a lot more than than we are now, actually. I miss hearing about space. I, I like opened a door so wide for you, Jenny, to talk about going to space camp. It's just, it's just here for you. The door is just wide open.
1: Yes. I went to space camp. (laughs) Um... (laughs) At a time when I feel like people were talking about space all the time. And, you know, uh, listening to Colonel Belt talk about in a little while about how, like, astronauts used to be on the front page all the time. But now you're only on the front page if you, like, make a terrible mistake or something goes horribly wrong. Um, and that was in 1993. So, like, imagine how much people were talking about space in, like, the moon landing 1969. Yeah. Uh, you know, it used to be such a hot, hot, hot topic, and now we're like, I love looking at my phone.
0: Actually, <laughs> my phone is contains so much the multiverse. Uh, you know what's wild, Jenny? Is I was just looking up the movie Space Camp. Um, oh yeah, not to make this highly inaccurate, <laughs> not to make this a podcast about films that came out between the years 1984 and 1986, but um. Uh-huh. The space Camp was a movie I was obsessed with as a child uh, because it's about a bunch of kids who go to space camp and whoops, launch themselves into <laughs> They just accidentally just... go to space. They literally accidentally go to space. I'm going to rewatch this movie very soon, actually. Starring Leah Thompson, uh, Kelly Preston. There's some there's some people in those. Oh, Tom Skerritt is in Space Camp. Wow. Anyway, wow. what's what's really interesting is that we're talking about the Challenger and that happened in January of 86. And Space Camp was released in June of 86. That had to be like a real situation for the people who were making the movie Space Camp, you know? Like I would imagine that oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I didn't do my research there because I just found that out uh in person. Also, if you haven't seen the movie space, wow! I'm just curating a movie night for us over in the Patreon. <laughs> uh, we're going to watch it. Girls just want to have fun. We're going to watch space camp. It's going to be a blast. Um, anyway.
1: Yeah. I went to space camp. No big deal. Uh, you know, you get to, uh, ride around, you can see the trial, the training equipment, you know, there's like a chair that you like get strapped into that, is connected to something that, like, makes it simulate the moon's gravity, you know, which is one-seventh, I think, of Earth's gravity. So you can jump all high and in slow motion and stuff. It's cool. Um, There's also, like, if you picture, what is it, the Vitruvian Man?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, Sure.
1: Right? Uh, Da Vinci is, like, dude in a sphere or whatever. (laughs)
0: Like From now now on, it's just Da Vinci's dude in a sphere, actually. That's (laughs) the official title.
1: You're, like strapped into it actually they also just did (laughs) oh no uh jess just was watching the most recent season of survivor Uh and um because we live together i ended up watching a bunch of it too (laughs) uh and here was one challenge where blindfolded teammates had one of their teammates like suspended also in a sphere that rolled and the blindfolded um teammates had to push this uh this sphere like sort of down the beach and into an obstacle course or whatever and the only person who could see was the person who was like Uh strapped in in. okay Uh, so if you think of the vitruvian man and also that episode of survivor (laughs) and then you picture me at age like 12 or whatever uh probably right around yeah i'm like
0: you just seen the episode space you went to space camp yeah yeah
1: uh you're like strapped into this sphere and then it whips around uh in all different directions but it's it's programmed to never repeat a revolution so that you don't get sick like you you don't get nauseated from from it Mm -hmm. uh because i guess you need that sort of like repetition same motion over and over again uh for it to like really disrupt you (laughs) uh so it's like supposed to be some kind of like anti-gravity or something training yeah i ate some astronaut ice cream i uh thought i lost my retainer but then when i got home i uh unpacked and i found it so
0: <laughs> no big deal i did didn't you make like, no friends you made no friends i was just gonna say is it like you sleep there like you have like root space you sleep roommates? there yeah it's
1: like i was there for a week it's like a sleepaway camp there are like all these bunks and you like do little missions you're on a team they're all these like oh my pretend God. missions you do and stuff but uh tiny you know, jenny I would say that I didn't have the social skills that I have now. <laughs> uh, if I, if only I could go back to space camp now, <laughs> I'm sure I'd make
0: lots of friends. I mean, that's a big deal. Like neither you nor I grew up with a whole bunch of money. I feel like the fact that you got to go to space camp is massive. Like that's a bit. That's a big yeah, fucking deal. It doesn't
1: deal. make any sense. And I'm gonna guess that like um, that. Uh, it wasn't a responsible decision, but I'm really happy that it got made.
0: <laughs> oh, but how sweet. I mean, like. Yeah. No, totally. My mom was totally. making irresponsible decisions, including, like, new blinds and stuff, you know? Like, it was definitely yeah, yeah. not in the favor of sending me to fucking space camp. She did get me a pogo no, ball, was- but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, very cool. Um,
1: Kristen, it might just be because this episode is so goofy and I'm procrastinating. But it might just be because we were talking about being 12 and 13. (laughs) Uh, That makes me want to tell you that this morning at 9 a.m., I went to my local middle school and I talked to a class of seventh graders for their career day about...
0: um, my career as a musician and podcaster. Can you believe it? How did it go? I was thinking about you all morning because I I can believe it. I did know it. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. She's there. She's talking to children. What is happening? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was very stressed
1: out leading up to it. I did all kinds of prep yesterday and then just threw it all out. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. I was like, should I make a slideshow (laughs) in keynote? I started it and then everyone was like you really shouldn't do that i was like okay you're right (laughs) uh and then i was like okay i'll just tell them like you know what the path has been that has like led me to where i currently am doing the things that i do yeah right so what i didn't anticipate is that uh seventh graders have a lot of questions and they want answers now Mm -hmm. um I wasn't expecting them to ask me any questions. I thought they would be very bored and like waiting for things to be over. But um, instead they had a million questions and were very curious. And I was like, you know, I was trying to like, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I was like, oh, I really need these seventh graders to think I'm cool. What's the highest profile thing I've ever done? So I was like, you guys know Panic at the Disco? They're like, yeah. I was like, you know, the song High Hopes. And and they were like, yeah. And I was like, "I, I wrote, I'm a writer on that song. And they were like, oh, cool. And then they were like, can you sing us something? And I was like, well, I didn't really think that you would want that. So I didn't, um, whatever. But then the teacher got me online and I played a song of mine for them on YouTube. And they were like, "They." their response to that was about 100 times more enthusiastic than to High Hopes. You didn't bring your guitar to play them a song? <laughs> well, what I told what I told my friend, who's a teacher at this school, who who asked me to do it, uh, is that I feel very prepared for next year now. <laughs> this was great training for next year's career day. Great, I feel super ready for that. But <laughs> but then I um, they were like, oh, what's the what's your favorite song that you've like written with another artist recently or mm-hmm. whatever, and and I was like, oh well, there's the song the song by Alex Leahy. Uh, called "Never Get Your Money Back" that that actually Alex and I and my wife Jess wrote. And they were like, "Oh, your wife Jess." And I was, like, "Yeah, she's like also a musician." They're like, "What's her band?" And I was like, "It's called Tancred." And they were like, really stoked. And I was like, "So check this song out." And I hit play, and like oh, no. the word "shit" occurs in the lyric, oh, like Jenny. within the first like two lines, and I was just like, <laughs> I was apologizing to the teacher as I left. I was like, "I can't believe I did that. I had no. I am so 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 sorry." And she was like, "Oh no no no." They now they'll think you're really cool. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you wrote know, like you wrote a song yeah. that has
0: the word shit in it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just like a pretty cool guy who like swears when he has to. Okay, I'm so sorry for the digression. I guess we should keep talking
0: about this episode of the X Files. This is what happens, okay? When the whole plot of the episode of television is rocket goes up, rocket comes down, space ghosty goes up, space ghosty space comes ghost, down, space ghost coast to coast. <laughs> okay, so we're on. The steps of some Washington building where Michelle has flown from Houston to have a um, cloak and dagger meeting with Scully and Mulder. Yes. I love that their
1: reputation has spread far and wide. Yeah. Uh, She's concerned about this part, this shuttle part uh, that appears to have some damage. But oh no, uh, there's another launch tomorrow in spite of this allegedly damaged... Shuttle part, and her fiancé is the shuttle commander on that mission. Chris and I have a question. Yes. Do you think that all astronaut mission control banter is as crackling as it is in this episode? Or do you think it's just because they they have a romantic... Connection.
0: I, I think it says, I think this is as crackling as it is, no matter what, because I'll tell you what, they really keep their shit together. There's only one time when Michelle lets her guard down and says, David, take care. Take care. <laughs> Michelle. Michelle. I love Michelle. Me. She's my favorite. Uh, rando that we've met so far. Me fucking too. Michelle is played by Susanna Thompson and many times in my notes, I was like, literally the only reason that I am invested in this episode whatsoever is because of Susanna Thompson and this part of Michelle. She fucking nails it. She's so good. She looks... Also, like I feel like Scully is immediately probably threatened and turned on, like any queer person knows, by the arrival of this blazer, button down, mm. uh, very smart. Very, you know what I mean. Like if Mulder's got a type, we know he probably is uh, really feeling a little into our friend Michelle as well. So,
1: yeah, yeah, I could see, I could see that, I yeah. could see that, yeah.
0: Uh, also, she has the biggest briefcase, and I miss the days of carrying around a big box with you. You know what I mean? Just a little handle with a big box.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a certain dignity yeah.
0: <laughs> to briefcases. So she tells them
1: I'd about... like to carry around a big, empty briefcase with like one sheet of paper in it.
0: <laughs> well, and we can also say we miss briefcases because technically we definitely never carried one. Like we, we just had like yeah, dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a dad with a briefcase, uh, he definitely carried a briefcase. <laughs> um so michelle opens her briefcase with her and inside is her one piece of paper it's simply the uh x-ray of uh this valve that has burns in it that are simply impossible to make but they're there and she thinks someone is sabotaging nasa
1: so scully whose function in this episode seems to be like why <laughs> like so many times where sometimes she doesn't even ask and Mulder's like this is happening because
0: (laughs) there's one time when she's like she asked Mulder like is it gonna work and I'm like okay I mean I don't think Scully is gonna ask Mulder if it's gonna work she is a medical doctor you know
1: and also there are like actual space people around (laughs) but uh she asked why someone would want to sabotage a spacecraft and here are the reasons that Mulder gives her Uh, terrorists would want to do it because the shuttle program is a symbol of American progress and prosperity. Anti-science people would want to do it because, uh, the space program is a huge waste of tax dollars in their eyes. Uh, futurists might want to do it because they think the space shuttles that, uh, were in use in the 90s were very outdated. And fringe folk believe that the government is actually self-sabotaging to prevent people from getting information about alien civilizations!
0: Scully, oh, of course. (laughs) Uh Of course we got to Aliens already. Mulder? Okay, David Duchovny. Neither one of them have a ton to do in this episode, if we're being real. But David Duchovny's absolute fanboy performance throughout the episode is fucking incredible. He looks like he is 12, Jenny. He, Yeah, no, it's very cute. Oh, it's so cute. He is just losing it in the hallway of uh, the Houston launch offices. That's what they're called, right? Uh, He does not understand how Scully could have never considered being an astronaut before. Oh, It's cute, actually. He knows who Belt is. He watched Belt's uh, shuttle take off as a kid. He's going into Belt's office. Belt... Has decided that in his office, Jenny, he is going to have a backsplash of space. What I don't understand
1: is how Colonel Marcus Aurelius Belt got my dream office. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know how badly I
0: want an enormous space backsplash behind me wherever I go? God, do you remember? Uh, We had a friend. Remember Shannon's uh, space backsplash? Oh, yeah, big space wall. Yeah, that shit was fucking cool. This was before, uh, you know, Belt- this is before Zoom background. So, you know, before you could just put a Zoom background up, you had to actually put the space behind you, literally.
1: Right, right. It's analog <laughs> Zoom backgrounds.
0: Yeah. So you know they do their FBI thing. Scully's like, "Do you think that there's sabotage?" And Belt is like, "Oh, seven hundred! How dare you, young lady!" Uh, <laughs> yeah. He just like full.
1: He does like an official American flag fold right <laughs> yeah. in front of her, and then slaps her across the face. Of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um but he's basically like, Don't ask those questions. I'm getting my men home safely. Fuck off. And Yeah, blah 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 blah. And then they close it up by Mulder being like, oh, Could we
1: um stay and um watch the shuttle lift off from Mission Control? And Belt is like, Well, you'd probably go over my head anyway. So why not? And Mulder's like, It's an honor, sir. <laughs>
0: wow. Now you have Uh, said a few times especially before we started the podcast that I'm the Scully and you're the Mulder this is where it this is true in this instance Mulder being like can we stay and watch and then like going to leave and Scully being like you didn't want to get his fucking autograph too you fucking (laughs) nerd (laughs) Uh, definitely can see the dynamic right there Um, all right. So in the mechanic's room, which is what I've called the next set location, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. we get Mr. Shuttle Mechanic, and he's basically like every shuttle has flown with that valve. It would take months to replace it, plus it would be a bunch of money, and like we can make recommendations, but at the end of the day, it's Belt's decision. Belt is like sneakily (laughs) tiptoeing upstairs, (laughs) like watching this happen.
1: (sighs) okay so after a lengthy countdown they launch the shuttle and michelle is so relieved and Mulder is like double thumbs up and he's like wow way to go standing ovation you guys (laughs) and it looks like everything's gonna be okay and we're just gonna have a 15 minute episode until yeah Mulder and Scully are like leaving and Michelle runs them down and is like the communication with the shuttle's gone down. So they head back to Houston. There's a Kristen. Mm. This feels oh, this feels like a real something that couldn't happen now.
0: Definitely mm. not.
1: You know, there's a press blackout in effect. No radio station is broadcasting.
0: Mm-hmm. All you had to do in 1993 to get a press blackout was just lock the lock the door. They just keep the press in there. Just lock the door, and that's it. That, that the press yeah, is yeah, yeah yeah. Out. That's you, there's no other yeah, way. You for tie the news to get the yeah, you all the press
1: up in like one big bundle, and then you dangle them over a pool of sharks. I think that's <laughs> and
0: say don't write a story about this. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, I am so stressed out by how fast they are driving through such heavy rain with virtually no visibility you can't see a thing
0: except a huge face <laughs> coming out of the murk so did so did the mars ghost did the mars ghost come out of belt to scare michelle and then go back into belt again chris i don't think even chris carter knows the answer to this question <laughs> <laughs> yeah michelle gets in a car accident um you know my sister once got pulled over by the cops cuz she was speeding <clears throat> and when the cop asked her, uh, like, if she knew how fast she was going, she was like, I do. I saw a ghost and I was trying to get away from it. My sister was <laughs> sober and completely serious. Um, and, you know, Michelle would have had to say the same thing. But luckily, her car flipped over yeah. and she got to get rescued by Mulder <laughs> and Scully. <laughs> Once they get her out of her upside down car, uh, I've, I feel like, oh, yes. Can go we ahead. talk about the removal of this woman from her car? Tell me all about it. Mulder, first of all, we're coming off of ice where we had Felicity Huffman in between Mulder and Scully. Okay, so I already have some stuff on my mind. So when this car flips over (laughs) and Michelle is like, help, help me get out of this car, Mulder goes over and softly kind of like scoops her. Now, she's coming out of the car. She's fine, Jenny. Mulder has it under control. Scully comes over and says, don't move. And like maybe is it's meant that she's like going to like hold her waist for an unknown reason, but she certainly in my notes touches her boob. And I'm just wondering Whoa. it's just a very there's a lot of touching of this woman that happens. And it and hmm. she seems like she's okay with it. You know, her husband is in space. She doesn't have anybody here Earthside. And here are these yeah. two hot FBI agents. They Might just, have an arrangement and just, for space mission times. Exactly. Um so I just wanted to note that in my personal files. All right, consider it (laughs) noted. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie, anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie... In 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself
1: That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind.
0: This is the story of Harry Dallowitz, and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
1: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Once they get Michelle out of the car, she's like, something came at me through the fog. And Scully says... Some kind of animal, and Jenaru, Michelle, says, "No, it had a face." And I'm like, <laughs> "Michelle, what kind of animals are you <laughs> dealing with on a daily basis? What sort of faceless creatures populate
0: your landscape?" God, but she doesn't care. She has to get to fucking Houston. Her husband is on the shuttle. I understand that we need to like up the stakes. But I have to, I do, I would like to say that I am a small amount frustrated that the motivation for the STEM uh, woman character in the show is that her husband is in space. I'm not like 100% into that being her motivation. So just saying it out loud. John Mark, play me the patriarchy jingle. God damn it.
1: Kristen, <laughs> women are motivated by love every
0: day. It's so we're it's men, like, so we're all kinds of folks. It's like, do you if the in the Bechdel test, if you're talking to people about science and space, but it's because your husband is in space, do you pass or fail? What's the you know what I mean? How do the rules work in this situation? <laughs> I would rather
1: watch this version of the story than a version where. Michelle is just like, those are human beings up there.
0: I agree. I agree. I'm just asking questions. I would like to know how the Bechdel test works. I also would rather watch this version. I would rather watch a version with higher stakes. It's just, you know, I'm also a lady with feelings. and Those are those uh-huh. are my feelings, Jenny. Okay, okay. All right. The temperature is approaching 103 degrees.
1: You know that feeling when you can't um, rotate your space shuttle away from the sun and your cabin is 103 degrees? degrees and and therefore people in mission control must head to the data banks. Yeah, I
0: kind of know that feeling Jenny, but it would be helpful if um if someone could explain it to me. Just one more time so I <laughs> a medical doctor might understand it. Oh my god, <laughs> uh, oh my god. Uh, I'm so excited we're getting to the data banks because this is now when we meet the character that I have called Millhouse from top to bottom of the whole episode. <laughs> Does,
1: it, does he have a
0: name? No, uh, Maybe. I didn't look it up. I've simply named him Milhouse. <laughs> You're like, is... The
1: Bechdel test decrees that one man must le- lose his name. <laughs> one male <laughs> character must lose his name for every time a woman is motivated by her love for a dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's the circle of life. It's the natural balance being restored. Yes,
0: yes. I wrote a fun um, little fanfic in my head for this, which is that Millhouse who was standing in the corner when Mulder is like, "Call security!" is like, huh? "Who's that hot man?" You know, like, yeah, totally. What's That's this what exciting? Thing? Yeah, I was thinking it, so I put it onto Millhouse too. Uh oh, it's 116 <laughs> degrees now in the space shuttle. That's too hot. It's too hot um belt wants to let them fly by wire which sounds cool actually (sighs) i hate when someone is scrambling the uplink telemetry Kristen, honestly anytime anyone does anything with telemetry it's a pain in the ass yeah 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 is this the Uh, crackling banter you're talking about what's the weather sunny and warm (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) and it just gets better from here too um She's, like, being so professional before she finally is, like, you take care.
0: Yeah. (laughs) David. I definitely, and this will probably come as a surprise to no one, but I could definitely never be an astronaut or work in mission control. I'm far too emotional and animated for that. You know what I mean? Like, everybody being, like, we might die. Here's a joke about the weather.
1: Yeah, they're all, it's, like, a fucking... Space shuttle full of and mission control full of molders. Yeah. A <laughs> whole <So> bunch of. <laughs> Do you believe in the, the monitor. Of extra rails?
0: <laughs> I was on a plane, I don't know, a few, few weeks ago, and it was like about a few feet from wheels on the tarmac. And then the pilot just gunned it back up into the sky. I have maybe never been so terrified in my entire life. And then, like, five full minutes later, the pilot came over the thing and was like, it was just a little bit of uh, congestion on the runway, so we had to come up and circle again. And I was like, if that was me in the fucking cockpit, I would have been like, we almost just hit a plane! <laughs> you know what I mean? Not cut You'd out. Have, you
1: would have turned on the mic like, while you were doing yeah. the maneuver, being like, I'm Ooh. doing this and I
0: don't know if it's gonna work. Everybody fucking hold on! <laughs> uh. Uh. All right, so they cut off contact. 45 seconds go by, 60 seconds go by. They reestablish the connection. There's nothing there. Mulder is chewed off every nail that he has. Every fingernail is gone. <laughs> He's so fucking nervous. And then they did it. And the whole room cheers. Hooray. They turned the shuttle away. It's cooling down. Yep. Yep belt washing his face in
1: the bathroom looking like a total mess
0: yes uh that that's actually where he says oh 700 he does actually say it just so everyone knows Uh, (laughs) they've got a big day ahead they gotta fix that old telemetry problem in the morning to get this shuttle to deliver by the way i know that the big question here is what is a ghost alien but my second question is what the fuck is the payload why do they call it the payload (laughs) ma'am
1: Uh, that's a, class of a classified need-to-know basis. Okay. None of your business. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Who knows? Is it uh, fuel to keep whatever they're delivering it to running or something?
0: To me, it just looked like, you know, when you go to the car wash and the big spinny things come down on your windshield? Sort of like... Mm, yeah. That just That's what it looked like to me. Is it a... Well, that
1: was stock NASA footage. Who knows what... The...
0: Maybe it is. Maybe it's the shuttle. Maybe the shuttle car wash needed a replacement part. You know what I mean? Oh,
1: yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep.
0: Um speaking of the payload uh, belt we go to the press conference and belt just lies completely to everyone and says that um after a beautiful night launch the shuttle has performed magnificently Scully so much for so mean so much for your boyhood <laughs> hero she says to Mulder dashing what yeah. little hope he had left in humanity <laughs>
1: Uh, Mulder respectfully confronts Belt. (laughs) Belt is unhappy that astronauts don't make the front page of the newspaper anymore. Hey, look, we all have to grapple with our eventual descent into irrelevance, sir. (laughs) Mulder says, uh, do you think it's sabotage? And Belt says, my answer to you, sir, will be to bring those men safely back to Earth. Okay. Kristen. Yeah. Belt goes home, question mark, takes a bottle. Okay, I was looking at this place being like, this looks... So much like a hotel, did they just rent a hotel room and pretend that it's his his home?
0: I did the same thing because in like the 70s clip or whatever, I think he is at his home. And then he like got into bed. I was like, well, that is a hotel comforter if I've ever seen one. Then I was like, wait, his phone looks like a hotel phone. Then later when they go to see him, they knock on the hotel door, which is the only... I I, I went back in my notes to like correct myself. So I was right there with you. Well,
1: are you saying it's a hotel door just because it has a number on it?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, sometimes apartment building doors have numbers on them. Oh. I just don't... Is he coming in from out of town for the launch? Or does he live in Houston? I just feel like there are many mysteries in this episode. Many unanswered questions. And where belt lives or if this is a home or a hotel and still like everything about it screams hotel to me except I don't understand why he would be at a
0: hotel I think maybe the only reason I justified it in my mind is I thought like maybe they live near there but maybe for a launch they have to stay like right at the launch site you know what I mean so they like stay in a hotel while they're there but I don't know
1: Yep. but he's got a bottle of vodka in the freezer Kristen he's drinking that doesn't feel like I'm just here for the
0: night stocking well. up I don't know I mean if you had to confront the Mars ghost that lives inside of you wouldn't oh you wanna... true yeah no I wouldn't go anywhere without freezer <laughs> vodka um <laughs> we get another flashback memory dream thing I write ha 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 in all caps what is happening in all caps did the alien possess him and come back to earth and now is leaving through the window he will not stop reaching for his alien friend I also wrote down the caption eerie whooshing which was on my screen <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wrote that caption down, too. <laughs> Listen. This, what? <laughs> cloud silhouette. Just this alien ghost cloud. Five. Oh, I'm like, oh, is this the silhouette from the opening credits? I know. That's what I thought, too. I don't think it is. But I was like, oh, no, my God. It's not. We're good. I also thought it might be the smooshy, wiggly face when it first started happening. I was like, maybe this will be from the credits. Also not. Um, <laughs> anyway. This is wild. Um, props to Ed Lautner, Ed Lauter, sorry, for holding his hand out for as long as he does and doing it with such commitment. Does he want the ghost to cut? Co- what is, you know what? Let's go back to mission control. That's, I don't, I'm just stop asking questions.
1: Yeah, uh, Houston, we just heard something weird up here a dull thump, like something bumped the ship. Perhaps it was a ghost that just hit the eject button in Colonel Belt and uh, just scooted up here at God knows what
0: speed. Houston, we have a Mars ghosty. You know what I mean? Yeah, yes, I do know what you mean. But this was my favorite one-two punch of the whole episode because we we get that in Mission Control, that, like, up in space, they're like, something bumped the ship. I think it might have been a ghosty, And then we go to the databanks, and in the databanks, they're literally just holding up, like, a grid from the inside of a computer, pointing to it and saying, it seems to be this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, guys what is happening i mean it feels like that it really feels like this episode was probably like 20 minutes long and then they just had to figure out what to do with the other 23 minutes yeah yeah uh, not our, not the day for our shuttle because the mars ghosty has poked a hole somewhere and there is an oxygen leak now so first they were being cooked and now they're being suffocated and
1: that's not all, Kristen. This exact same thing happened to Belt on an Apollo mission. What are the
0: odds? Mm, high when you have a fucking resident Mars ghostie. <laughs> the fact that some astronomer in Winnipeg sees the gaseous cloud trailing the orbit of the... Huh? <laughs> Okay, sure. Michelle holding the whole episode together. Give me the worst case scenario. Fine, Belt. I believe you, Michelle. Somehow amidst all of this chaos, I believe you and I love you.
1: Uh, yeah, the only funny thing to me about Michelle is that she's constantly like finding Mulder and Scully and being like, Belt's doing this. Belt isn't there. This is what's happening now. Hey,
0: you guys, don't try to leave the plot hey you guys when Mulder runs in i know we're not there but when Mulder runs into mission control and is like 35 degrees i'm like i just cannot imagine this is how a space shuttle launch would happen or like you you don't just run in and say 35 degrees and having a team of people who do this for a living be like trust that guy i don't know he's a big fan (laughs) anyway i got ahead of myself there's some. There, there's obviously some stress
1: about this oxygen leak. Scully is prompted to say, it's an oxygen leak. Even I can figure out
0: what happens when you run out of oxygen. Probably because she's a medical doctor. Yes, she knows. I don't actually know, but she does because she's a medical doctor.
1: Well, thank God she's here. Uh, they hunt Belt down at either his home or his hotel room. <laughs> and he comes to the door looking like Scruffy
0: Brad from Ghost in the Machine. He does. He has his own ghost in his own machine. That's right. Yeah, I wasn't feeling well. but then they're like, you got to get down there right now. There's another problem belt gets on the mic and he's like everything's gonna be fine here's what you're gonna do you're gonna vent the CO2 you're gonna put on your little spacesuits, you're gonna deliver the fucking payload and Michelle is like those are men you motherfucker and then he's like you're out of line and then somebody says you can't handle the truth and then (laughs) Michelle in my notes Michelle takes her headset out leaves and Scully goes after her for a smooch that is literally what I wrote in my notes word for word um Footage not found, but Michelle does
1: go running down a hallway while crying. Classic move.
0: I feel like that's right up your alley, Kristen. Yep, she's she's crying because her husband might die, which like is sad, right. you know. But like also, she's she's also mildly concerned about the other men on that ship, you know. Just you know, but it's it's her <laughs> husband that she really cares the most about. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um scully and those other guys too yeah we divide now um we, the ladies on the left dudes on the right scully thinks michelle is right for wanting to save the men mulder believes that belt actually knows what he's doing and has the best yeah. intentions overall and this i mean there's like, like space mission first guitar solo <laughs> i mean like i do i do think that there is a argument to be had here. I'm not like, yeah, yeah, we should listen to Michelle. I do think that like if if you have a mission and you know, because it's not like if the mission here was just like for people to get rich, then fuck the mission. Right. But like the mission here in this case is like if if the astronauts die, NASA could get Totally, like defunded, you know, like that's the worry there. And also, if they spend all this money and they don't complete the mission, they might lose the funding. And like, these are folks who have dedicated their whole lives to space exploration. So I do, I do understand, um, you know, everything except for what a space ghost is. Uh, but uh, but other than that, I, I get <laughs> the, I get the debate.
1: Did you happen to notice that as she goes to walk away, Mulder grabs Michelle by the waist? <laughs> so softly just
0: whoop right around little waist
1: to dance they're about to dirty dance
0: yeah uh he needs access to the records millhouse is so excited he cannot believe he's back in play can be of use to molder oh yeah um, well don't and- worry
1: there's just eight th- the bazillion eight bazillion files for the whenever to go
0: through- Whenever I need files, Jenny, I just say X-rays, diagrams, schematics. No matter what, <laughs> that covers all bases. You get the everything holy you trinity. need. holy <laughs> trinity. Um, we get some. I know there's a lot of NASA B-roll here, but also this data gathering b-roll was one of my favorite b-roll footage moments in the whole episode it's just like a binder being pulled out three manila folders going onto a table it's just like folders moving around for like five seconds
1: (laughs) (laughs) just when you thought the payload was delivered and everything was gonna be okay kristen i've got some bad news for you oh god there's something outside the ship that There's someone outside the ship. Can you repeat that, OTC? There's some kind of
0: ghost outside the ship. No. No. No, no, no! Oh, no. That feeling when there's a ghost outside your ship, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not good.
1: Um, right. Okay, by some miracle of God, Scully finds an analysis of the part that was had been ordered by Belt, indicating that he knew about the damage to the part of oh my gut, but why would the ghost alien want the Why? Oh, God. Nobody knows. It doesn't matter. Okay. Michelle finds them. Colonel Belt has collapsed. They run to where Colonel Belt is. He's... okay. Atop his desk. I know. Kristen. I know. Help me. Another beautiful piece of handmade art. You couldn't, AI couldn't make that. No. AI couldn't make the drawing of the Jersey Devil.
0: (laughs) AI couldn't make help me. But he wrote help, and then he wrote me, and when he got right to the end of E, he fell underneath the desk, but he held the marker <laughs> the whole time, so it just, yeah. you know? Yeah, now
1: he's clutching the marker below the desk. He's freaking out. Jenner is like, um, I'm bringing this shuttle down, and is like, no! Mulder does some kind of focus trick.
0: Well, they call for a doctor, and and I feel like, Scully's probably like, I'm right fucking here, you guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's like, excuse me. Uh, yeah. But then the other doctors come, not stopping Scully from calling for the specific kind of medicine and the dosage that she would like for Belt to have <laughs> from the medic. Um but yes please talk about the focus thing that Mulder does. This is when Belt is strapped to the he's he's been moved onto the gurney or whatever you call the little rolly bed that goes into the back of an ambulance. And Mulder is like, "Focus! Focus.
1: Look into my eyes. Picture yourself on a boat on a river." <laughs> I don't know that we ever see anything like this again. Oh, do you think he's thinking about what his hypnotherapist gets up to?
0: Maybe. He's like, focus your breathing, focus your pain right here. (laughs) Romantic. (laughs) Now you're gonna save those astronauts and you're gonna tell me how to do it. Mulder's in the mood, he is in the spirit of the thing, you know? This is what we learned from a focused belt the
1: fuselage is damaged, it can't survive re entry. He didn't sabotage the shuttle, but he couldn't stop the them who did. Um, Mulder says, who? And Belt says, they don't want us to know. And then he says, it lives in me. Well, right now it's on vacation up at the space
0: shuttle, but it lives in me again. Jenny, his face turns into
1: the Mount face?
0: Mount face. And... now I first watched. I was like, well, I couldn't. That couldn't have actually happened because then Scully would have clearly seen it. And um, Michelle! Michelle says, "That's the face I saw in the fog." So we are to I recognize you. it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that this man's actual face changes into Sculpty Mars ghost face. That Mulder and Scully see this, and that Scully is like dementia. I'm like, ma'am. <laughs>
1: Uh, Okay, so the astronauts have 30 minutes of oxygen left. Michelle's prepping them for (laughs) re-entry. Mulder gets Belt to tell him that the re-entry trajectory needs to be changed to 35 degrees to avoid burning up. Why does Belt know
0: a way to fix
1: (laughs) the issue?
0: Is that how he landed his ship? I don't know. Because it was real dramatic. Rumor has it, it was real dramatic when he came back. So maybe he remembered. I don't know. Maybe the Mars ghosty felt bad and just told him real quick. Oh, my
1: God. (laughs) I think it's a great choice that they made for Michelle to give the order for them to change the trajectory, but to have the blackout start in such a way that they have no idea
0: if it's going to make it.
1: If they even heard the message about the trajectory change. But don't worry, they land. Anybody know a good place to eat in Albuquerque? Crowd goes wild. Yeah.
0: Oh, God. And then
1: it's Michelle's turn to give a press conference and lie, lie, lie how the worm has turned.
0: Yeah, the message here is part of the job of being an astronaut or working with astronauts is you have to be ready to lie. Yeah. 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 Uh, cool. So in the hospital. Um. Also, it should be noted that while still in space, uh, somebody says we've got some spooky stuff up here. I just feel like that's <gasps> relevant.
1: Okay. In the hospital. Space Faces taking over Belt once more, who rips every piece of hospital equipment off of his body, flails around like he's kind of dancing and then leaps out the window to his death. But even a plunge down 40 stories or whatever to the asphalt waiting below is not a respite from his space flashbacks. This man has to relive this again before he dies. First of all, let's hear what Mulder thinks. He thinks that Belt must have been possessed by something out there in space, and he says.
0: Scully, we send those men up into space to unlock the doors of the universe, and we don't even know what's behind them. I think whatever it was, he took it with him. And in the end, that was the only way he knew how to stop it.
1: Okay, so here's what I think happened. I think that Chris Carter wrote this little piece of poetry and then was like, I need to put this piece of poetry on TV. I'm going to write an entire episode around it Uh, because I think that this is like quite beautiful. Uh, The thing is that, what do you mean he took it with him? It's a space ghost. He died. So the space ghost died. I
0: feel like that's not how it works. And I just got here. You know what I mean? Just going off vibes. Well, no, he's saying I think he took it with him. When he returned the first time and in the end, the only way he knew how to stop it from being in him was to jump out the window of the hospital. I see, I see, I see. I, I see. think oh. that's the yeah.
1: Uh when I was watching this, and we get to the funeral scene, which is mm-hmm. next, Mulder and Scully are at this funeral, Michelle's at this funeral. Okay. Scully is wearing mm. Jess noted, aubergine.
0: Ooh.
1: Or whatever. Can you say is that a, does it count as a color?
0: Aubergine? And not just a eggplant?
1: Eggplant. Yeah.
0: It's just the fancy way yeah. of saying eggplant,
1: yeah. So yeah, he the priest is wearing aubergine vestments and Scully is wearing
0: like an Aubergine suit. She was like, What week are we in, Catholics? Catholics This get is together. what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: Is is it is it um for funeral rites at a particular time? Let's see, what's purple Advent Lent?
0: Sounds right to my my previous Catholic school mind. One of the Ents.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if Scully did this on purpose because she is so very Catholic.
0: I have a question about religion. Hit it. it I'm, sure, I'm sure I can answer. This, yeah, just like Mulder can tell us about space. Jenny can tell us about <laughs> heaven. <laughs> um, I, The priest is like, May he uh, go to heaven higher than he could ever go as a man. And then and, and that made me think, how high is heaven? Like where What's well, up past space? Yeah, what's past space? Is that is that like that's where heaven is? You crack space, you get to heaven. Is it in another dimension? Is, that, is it
1: Yeah, it's gotta be dimensional, dimensional, right? Because space is like really Kristen. It's pretty big. Space it's is big. really big. It's pretty big. That's actually
0: what I, that's what I've heard. Um
1: There's so much eye contact at this funeral. People are
0: staring into each other's eyes all over the place. Mulder and Michelle. You ever look in anybody's eyes at a funeral, Kristen? No. No. You never want to look in anyone's eyes at a funeral. Unless somebody said, if I ever die, look at this person and make a prank. Make a prank face. Laugh for me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Then fine. Uh...
1: Speaking of things that people make you swear to do upon the event of their death (laughs) as a prank
0: (laughs) it's time for the sexual tension awards favorite transition to date
1: welcome back to this episode's installment of the sexual tension awards in which Your humble hosts, Kristen and Jenny, offer you four slots stuffed to the gills with noms from which you may choose and vote for the coupling, thruppling, or beyond that you believe has the most tension in this episode. In slot number one, they say the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And so it stands to reason that the way to a woman might be through gently cupping her lower ribs on the sides. Sure. This slot is for Mulder and Michelle. <laughs> Experts agree that 95% of rom coms released between the years of 1981 and 2003 feature at least one scene where a girl runs down a hallway crying and then that girl smooches someone. <laughs> Hallway crying and running leads to smooching. And this is what we hope for. This is the candle we light upon the altar of Scully and Michelle.
0: Get it, girls.
1: It's often been said by individuals much wiser than I (laughs) that the heart wants what it wants, Mm. that love knows no boundaries and also probably can't count very high. So it is with this in mind that we humbly say... Modern men and women in STEM can have it all. (laughs) It's Mulder, Scully, and Michelle. Why not? Hot, 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 hot. That's where my vote's going. And in slot number four, for all you nerds out there, myself included, for all you kids who went to space camp or really wanted to, no Interest or passion displayed in this episode, I would posit, could match Mm -hmm. what we see emanating from Mulder Mm -hmm. directly towards the space program.
0: Yeah, a good second contender for me, all things considered.
1: These are your choices, but we can't hold the Sexual Attention Awards without you. We need you to vote. Please come vote in our Sexual Attention Award poll over on Patreon. You don't need to be a patron. To vote, you just need to have an account, which you can create for free, over at patreon.com slash bufferingcast. The poll will be up before the day is over on the day that this episode goes live. You have about five days to vote, so get in there. Cast, cast, cast. Let us know the truth of what's in your heart. And a winner shall be declared next episode.
0: Also, before we leave the sexual attention award segment, I want everyone to know that while Jenny was uh, giving you the noms at one point, she took her hand like a feather. It just flew up to her brow uh, in an overwhelm. It was a really beautiful sight. And I was the only one that got to see it. So
1: (laughs) Uh, thank you for letting the people know. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know I did that. Okay, that's it for the STAs. (laughs) Now, Kristen. Yes, Jenny. I believe in my heart of hearts that there might be aliens. And that there might be ghosts. And that there probably aren't alien ghosts.
0: Speciest.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But what I really don't know is whether or not you can see the future. Which is why we have carefully crafted a segment of this show where you look ahead and you try to prove to me that you can. Uh, So let's head over to that glorious globe of amethyst, Kristen's crystal ball.
0: Jenny, the ball uh, today, it's its a little chaotic. Something seems to be uh, bumping it from the side uh, every time I look into it. It's just this it's sort of this like cloud silhouette. I'm not sure if anyone out there can let me know what's happening. But uh, in the crystal ball, there's not a lot today. I mean, you may have questions for me. But what I see in my crystal ball is that this will not be the last time that we are at mission control in Houston. Uh we we will interface with NASA again. This is the first space exploration conversations that will happen in the show. I believe that we will get Tiny Mulder and Tiny Scully. I think we will have episodes where we see Mulder as a kid. Clearly like that seems like most obvious because we know that like His sister was abducted or whatever. Um, But I think we're going to get some flashbacks of like fanboy, nerdy Mulder as a child. I look forward to them. And I think because we get Tiny Mulder, we will also get to see what Scully was up to as a child. She was not dreaming of being an astronaut. She was not dreaming of braiding her hair or getting a pony. And we're going to learn about little Scully as well. And I'm excited about it. I also... Um, this is not in the crystal ball, but I just would like to say that I hope that neither of these two people ever gets a pet.
1: You now hope that neither Mulder nor Scully
0: mm-hmm. ever get a pet. And why is that? Uh, they're never home, and they don't seem to know who they are enough to have the responsibility <laughs> of a pet. They they need to do some maturing. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: fantastic okay this is great uh love this the sort of like broad scope of prediction here
0: <laughs> i mean you know it's been a few episodes where i have not gotten to dig into anything in the sort of like mythology of the show because we've just been in the arctic circle and now we're at houston with the space shuttle so you know i'm i keep them tight where they're tight and if there's something that brings us to a bigger conversation my crystal ball will go um wherever wherever it's asked to go you know
1: and we thank you for it uh well Kristen, i'd say that uh the status of this x-file is uh
0: coming at me through the fog (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean certainly this is another file that's just floating out there definitely Mars ghosty still around Mars ghosty Eugene tombs fucking wiggly worms all sitting around a poker table somewhere just waiting for the next time imagine if those three could team up
1: name a more iconic (laughs) trio. trio Well, while you try to think of a more iconic trio, I'm going to tell you about me. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I'm not watching The X-Files or Buffy or Yellow Jackets, I'm usually making music. My most recent release is an instrumental album called From the Forest Floor. I created it collaboratively with editor of the pod, John Mark Nelson. It features appearances... From BFF of the pod, Rishi K. Shirwe and Wife of the pod, Jess Abbott, it's a 12 song cycle designed to feel like 24 hours spent in the forest and you can find it wherever you stream music. You can also give me a shout on
0: Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok at Jenny Owen Youngs. Okay? Okay. I am Kristen Russo. And when I am not being inhabited by a Mars ghostie um, or talking about the X-Files, I am usually doing work uh, with and for LGBTQ plus community. Uh, Hey, happy Pride. The month is officially June. The queers are now in charge. Good luck. Uh, I do a lot of speaking events at workplaces, but I also never talk about this here. I also have a Patreon that is simply mine and we do some fun shit over there, which is next up in the queer horror movie club. We are watching Candyman together and we're reading some essays with those films um, and chatting about it in the discord. We also have a book club. Uh, over there. Um, And we're getting really nerdy in July. We're reading a book called Times Square Red Times Square Blue, which is a book about the quote, cleanup of Times Square. It's one of my favorite books from grad school. Um, and we're all going to get really nerdy and really gay. Mm, cool. Uh, with that conversation. So yeah, you can find out more on my website, KristenNoline.com. My Patreon is patreon.com slash Spell that. K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. And you can find me using that spelling on Instagram, on Twitter, and on TikTok. I have still made one TikTok. (laughs) Congrats, Kristen. Thank you. Buffering,
1: a rewatch adventure, is on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Bufferingcast. You can drop us an email at hello at bufferingcast.com. You can support
0: the work we do here and we do need your support on Patreon, patreon.com slash bufferingcast all on our website, bufferingcast.com. We have a ton of fun stuff happening on the Patreon, including but not limited to Hot Dad Summer. Uh, We have the hot dad of Giles in the universe of Sunnydale, but we also have the hot dad of Jenny Owen Young's in the buffering verse. And so we've paired those two things together. Jenny, did you want to say something about being a hot dad? Whoa!
1: Well, you know, Kristen came up with this concept Mm -hmm. and, you know, involved me uh, (laughs) as one of the titular hot dads. And I just want to say that, you know, that's on Kristen. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm I'm just here to do whatever is good for the pod. So if it's good for the pod to call me a hot dad, then, you know, I guess that's what has to happen. So
0: some astronauts have to sacrifice their lives and some podcasters (laughs) have to accept the title of hot dad. You know, what are you (laughs) going to do? Yeah, yeah. I'm a team player, so. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be doing some group watches of Giles-centric episodes with you all. We are also doing a special Giles-themed pod for the summer over on Patreon. And then Denny uh, is going to take those Hot Dad skills, uh, combine them with music skills, and perform for you a concert of buffering songs that are all Giles-centric. All of that, patreon.com slash bufferingcast is very fun. I'm very excited about Hot Dad Summer. I, too, am excited about Hot Dad Summer. I can't wait to kick it off.
1: Now, friends, this episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Latoya Ferguson with support from our consultant, Mackenzie McDade. It was edited by John Mark Nelson. And till next time, the the hot dad is out there. there. (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: It's Jennifer,
1: a founder of Go Kid Go and a mom to two kids. Join my family on the story train with calm conductor Bertie each night as we travel through the magic rainbow tunnel to everywhere and anywhere to find the best bedtime stories. Search for Story Train on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.